podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Stockings. <laughs> They're quite kinky too. <laughs> Welcome to Pint of Football, where much like Elon Musk, no amount of attention will ever be enough to fill the gaping void inside each of us. Crashing the stock market on purpose is me, Tom Meadowcroft. Racking up a fat line of chloroquine for after the show is Darren Napton. And joining us as always for In The Mix is our android love child, Rhombus Hiragana Batman symbol. Just kidding, it's Andy Baxter. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, right. I think we need to ramp this up and let's kill some of these mother fudging stories, shall we? Yes. We're going to continue our timeline and we're in 1906. Having uh, just spent the back end of 1905 in Scarborough, we're heading back over to the northwest where quite a few of these stories have taken place. And we're going to be kicking off with quite a long story you'll be glad to know oh good <laughs> doesn't necessarily guarantee any content just the, means... the longer they are the better they are <laughs> not in my experience i'm gonna call it now because there's gonna be a big detail in there that you just won't expand on you're gonna just drop a big <laughs> bombshell and then not mention it again leave yeah. us to speculate <laughs> from memory i'm pretty sure there's some sort of racist reference to scottish people not liking the sun so we've got that to look forward to, if nothing else. Different times. <laughs> and from Manchester in September 1906, under the scorching sun. The scorching could... Mancunian sun. Well, notorious for that sort of stuff, isn't it, really? But then again, 1906, back before climate change was killing everyone. The... Before, before sun cream. Yeah, that's it. Back when Tuvalu was a massive island that took up a third of the world. No sun cream, just napkin hats. <laughs> napkin hats. We'll see if they feature. If not, disappointment. Maybe we should start doing a bingo of phrases and things we're expecting to hear from the stories, but that could lead us down all sorts of weird rabbit holes. Okay, so at half time, oh, usually there's a bit of background, but no, we're straight in here. At half-time, Manchester City players could talk only of the sun. Those who could still talk, that is. What? What? <laughs> I, I've never known it to be too hot that I can't talk. <laughs> Lads, I'm shutting down. This is too much. <laughs> Outside, it was more than 32 degrees Celsius in the shade. Oh, and, come on. And in brackets, it says, too hot for sunbathing. <laughs> I'm I pretty don't... sure I can still function in 32 degree heat. As you say, Tom, different times. Yeah. I guess. There had been no forewarning of the unbearable heat for the newcomers to the city team especially the Scottish imports. 
And it was virtually a new look team because 17 City players and ex-players had recently been suspended by the FA. Who would have thought Man City corrupt even before they had money? 1996, they were originally corrupt. On the first day of the season, City was sun-shocked and shell-shocked. Harry Newbold was the new secretary manager. That doesn't exist anymore, does it? (laughs) Is that like player manager? But he was the secretary? Yeah. Sunday league, isn't it? Mm. That is weird. Well, no wonder half the players had been suspended. I bet he just knackered up the paperwork. (laughs) You're too hot to function. It was 32 degrees. The ink dried (laughs) up on the papers. Yeah. Several officials had also been suspended after an FA inquiry into financial affairs. And he must have been desolate when he saw the dressing room scene at halftime. City were 2-0 down to Woolwich Arsenal. Three players looked incapable of continuing, and it was 60 years before the use of substitutes. Okay. I didn't realise substitutes came in that late, to be fair. Substitutes came in super late, yeah. Like, there were no substitutes in the 66 World Cup. That is very harsh then, isn't it? If they've if it is as hot as this guy claims here and three of them are <laughs> three of them have practically got sunstroke and they've obviously just got other lads who are sat in the probably in the stands having a nice cold beer going, ah, lucky. I just don't I don't think the thirty two degrees is that hot. I remember it being like thirty four in Stoke one summer. And that's Stoke, the coldest yeah. place. God knows what it was like elsewhere. Yeah, but did you try running around? Becky's just said, no, it wasn't from the other room. (laughs) Fact correction on the temperature of Stoke. (laughs) Thornley and Grieve were flat on their backs, too ill with sunstroke to do any more work that day. See, we're constantly told that people from, like, the, you know, the days gone by would just pull up their shorts and get on with it and stuff but like we've yes. got, we, we've got people that have fucking lost the power of speech and <laughs> are like laying prostrate on the floor because yeah. it's 32 degrees and last week we had all those guys with food poisoning who were just fumbling around spewing and vomiting everywhere <laughs> yeah wow. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to blame them for getting poisoned by place that's <laughs> I suppose they didn't know as much about hydration and stuff, so maybe they were just trying to rehydrate yeah. with, you know, like they probably like had, Guinness. Yeah, they'd had they'd had, they'd had a couple of Guinnesses, and that was um that was their hydration for the day. <laughs> but little Jimmy Conlin, who had sensibly, <laughs> who had sensibly taken the field with a handkerchief tied over his head, yes, <laughs> yes! called it. I am fucking Nostradamus. We need to go back and start this bingo card, don't we? Yeah. So he'd... I, I also like that... Sorry, that's. I also like the description of sensibly. That's what he did there. I like to that's think of all... Noodle. Yeah. All the other players just sort of looking at him thinking, oh, who's this guy? What's he, what, what, what does he know that we don't? It's a clever fucker. <laughs> well, he was definitely this, the bright spark of the group because apparently a few minutes before half time, <sighs> he just walked off to the dressing room anyway. <laughs> didn't wait for half time. He's just like, 
it warm, I'm going to go and rinse my handkerchief out for 15 minutes. <laughs> Make an early start on the place. Yeah. My, my Nike handkerchief. But City, by this point, were down to eight men due to the two sunstroke people and the handkerchief little man walking off. In Harry Newbold's day, managers were not the strategic conjurers that they are today. Mm. That's a nice sentence. Their role, <laughs> their role was mainly to sign players, pin up team sheets, and ensure the players were all in the right railway carriage. That sounds exactly like how I play football manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, apart from the railway carriage bit. Yeah, they should add, they should add like pre-match logistics to FM. That would uh, <laughs> oh, really Christ. enrich the experience, make the game even more nerdy. I suppose, yeah, if you're the secretary manager, it'd probably just fall under your very broad terms and conditions of the role. So Newbold was one of the more enterprising of his ilk, and at half-time, he might have had some say about tactics on that scorching day. Translated into more modern managerial hype, the message conveyed to the City players would have been something like this. So he's going to attempt now, this guy, to recreate... A manager's message of 1906. <laughs> is it going to be? Is it going to be a classic halftime speech to go down in legend? Do we think, or is it just going to be a load of gobbledygook? Don't be a lot of pansies. <laughs> when my I know, it, says, I know it's hot. <laughs> I, know it, I know it's hot. We're all hot. We've all lost the power of speech at some point during the day. <laughs> When my father were battling the Zulu, he didn't complain where it was too hot. Christ, this speech goes on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see how far I can get through this. Here we go, in my best Manchester accent. Right, lads. I know it was a bad toss to lose. That's just your normal voice. It's just my normal <laughs> voice, but louder. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm close to that accent, I guess. Right, lads. I know it was a bad toss to lose. And it's not the best of conditions, but we'll have the sun on our backs this second half, and it'll be the same for them. Okay. So, so no, no advantage. <laughs> just... It's just, just going to continue to be terrible. I want, <laughs> I want us to play a one-three-three formation this half. That's Good. one fullback, three halfbacks, and three forwards, and we'll try to catch them offside. Man after my own art. Yes, I know you don't know each other very well, and a couple of you <laughs> have played. A couple of you have never played for City before. But look at it this way: it'll be easier to get to know seven others than ten others. Fucking hell! Yeah, I mean he's not wrong. <laughs> this is I, a great I lo- chance. I love, the, I love the like Wild West football of like. The Victorian era and the turn of the century. I don't imagine half of this would have ever been said in a real dressing room of a football match, but no. we've got to we've got to go with the quote. This is a great chance for a good start to the season. And remember, if you hear the crowd cheering, they're cheering for you, not because no, they've nice. seen the sun in Manchester. Ha. So completely fictional halftime talk yeah, that he's, he's like, made up. He's added a bit of the, the author's added a bit of flourish there, hasn't he? Yeah, a bit of creativity, which is <laughs> it's the first time we've seen any, to be fair. But he 
six pages in. So yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's kind of spunked it all on that. He's finding his feet now. He's just in a half a page fictional speech to to get things get things ticking. Whatever Newbold or anybody else actually said at halftime, it certainly did the trick. So he's he's admitted there that this <laughs> as opposed to the thing that I just made up. <laughs> yeah, imagine he said that. Yeah, we'll go with it. <laughs> Whatever he said, it definitely worked. Even though City had lost three forwards with Sunstroke, they pushed a defender into the forward line and played a one-three-three as 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 he ad libbed earlier. In the fiftieth minute, Jimmy Conlin returned to the field, and the crowd cheered as if they'd seen the sun for the first time. He keeps referring to this. He just has prejudice against the North and the Northwest, I think, this guy. They've never seen the sun. Let's make sure we mention that at least three times in this two-page story. They're essentially a race of mole people. (laughs) Especially the Scots. (laughs) Taking his position in what was now a 1-3-4 formation, Conlid made a goal for Dorset and City, only 2-1 down, were back in the game. But that was as far as it went. Dorset collapsed soon afterwards. The heat heat struck down on Kelso and Buchan, and City were down to five, plus the returning Conlon. So they had five players, plus a guy who was laid out on the pitch by this point. So Mm. what do you reckon? Do you reckon it'll get abandoned? Did they say... I might have missed it. Did they say how many the other team had? I know they are fired so, by this point of people just dropping down. Well, as I've mentioned, Woolwich Arsenal would have been well used to these temperatures. They they seem completely unaffected for some reason. Oh, yeah. The, tr- the tropical southeast. <laughs> yeah, it's practically Tunisia down there, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> but no, apparently it was just City that were having the impact. The referee spoke to his linesman, but they agreed that there was no point in abandoning the match. It's because the, the referee had lost the power of speech due to the heat. Well, maybe, yeah. Couldn't actually muster the breath to blow his whistle even. So, hmm. yeah, it's tough times, man. We, we think we've got it hard now, but, yeah, they had it real tough back then. The Woolwich Arsenal players were far less affected. They scored two more goals, taking the score to 4-1. But sportingly, didn't cash in too much when they faced five fit men in the closing stages of the game. So, is that just an excuse? Yeah, it could be nice of them. Could be just an excuse. Is this story just it was a bit hot and a bunch of guys couldn't carry on? Pretty much. Is it it going somewhere? (laughs) Well, we've got about three lines left, so let's find out. This better be good. It's not. It took City some time to recover from this 4-1 defeat. Two days later, they lost 9-1 to Everton, but the new-look team pulled together sufficiently to keep the club in the first division. Peak football? That's the worst story so far. (laughs) It it was warm. (laughs) (laughs) Football's strangest matches. (laughs) <laughs> Remember right, that time it was warm in 1906. Jesus Christ! Christ. Oh, I did like. Discuss, I, let's not discuss that. Sorry, Andy Karen. 
I was going to say I did, I did like of that story the one three three formation or whichever yeah, it was. That, was. that was the highlight. You've got to work with the players you've got, haven't you? So I like that he was a fullback as well. He wasn't even a centre half, you know. <laughs> yeah, all the attacks were coming down the right, and he was he was the right back at the other side, <laughs> having to scurry across all. <laughs> no wonder they had sunstroke. They worked it out. <laughs> Uh, but definitely not peak football. We move on to slightly more interesting times, we hope. We, well, we've actually moved on four years, which is definitely the largest jump in time. So I reckon it's still quite sparse for good stories. We'll, we'll give him the benefit of doubt, I think, on that one. He's moved on four years to 1910. And we move to, ooh, you'll like this one, Baxter. We're going to Birkenhead oh, yeah. for the next one. Oh, nice. My ends in it. Yeah. Nice. And if you were to think of football in Birkenhead, what would you say are the highlights from your memory? Oh, Christ, that's a question. Um, I have been to Tranmere a few times. That's the only thing that leaps out. Yeah. Um, I went with Rovers one time. It's, you know, it's, it's, they probably get annoyed at people thinking they're scousers. Yeah, that's about it, really. Sorry. Cool. Tom, anything to add on Birkenhead football before we kick off? No, my aunt and uncle live in uh, Neston, so I know the area slightly. Oh, this this is sounding a bit better. This one's called the Circus Game. This is going to be Ooh. elephants again. <laughs> Good. We've already had elephants, so I hope not. Clowns versus mimes, XI. Ooh, <laughs> you might be closer there. You, this oh. right. So that was your that was your bingo guess that there's going to be clowns and mimes. Clowns versus mimes. I'm trying to think of like a, a trapeze artist, maybe maybe as a goalie or something, or as a linesman. That'd be good. Or maybe the crossbar is like the tightrope and the goalkeeper's on top. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Walking back and forth. <laughs> maybe. This is yeah. what football needs. Forget your European Super League. So trapeze <laughs> artist. Lion tamers. Come on, let's get through this. Here we go. There is a particular breed of professional footballer who frowns on people tinkering with the rules of the game. All of them? It's a serious style. Footballers don't like it when other people cheat. Circus acts belong in the circus, you <laughs> may say, when he discovers the light-hearted experiment of a village fate of a local sports team. A team Something once... really sinister. Yeah, it does. A team once entered a five-a-side competition wearing gorilla suits. Oh, fabulous. Good. Good stuff. <laughs> Unfortunately, one player collapsed with breathing difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> the strangest thing is that it was only one. <laughs> was it the guy with sunstroke in the previous game? Oh, no, man. why me? Why do I keep signing up for this? <laughs> <laughs> I think fainting gorilla is one of the momentary highlights if not overall highlights that we've come across so far so we'll keep that in our minds as we move forward one excellent example of the circus game was that a village sports team near Birkenhead in 1910 which played a match between two teams of different handicaps okay 
I'm guessing this is separate to the gorilla suits because it's. I, I mean, <laughs> that would handicap you trying to play football. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine it's hard to see out of it. So, who are these handicapped folks? One team, it's worth pointing out, I don't think they're actually handicapped. I think they were given a handicap to play with. So, okay. <laughs> one team had their arms tied to their sides and their boots and stockings removed. Stockings? <laughs> they're quite kinky team. <laughs> so, basically flopping around like salmons on the, on the deck and hoping for a diving header, I guess. And I would argue this second disability is by far the worst one, but I'll let you guys judge it. The second team were mounted on stilts six foot high. <laughs> oh, is that a fair fight? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine just having a wild swing at the ball, just toppling up. <laughs> Oh. oh, not again. Yeah. It, Why? It's not, it's not a fair <laughs> fight, is it? Whose idea was this? Someone who's been to the circus, clearly. This is what we need, guys. Plus, <laughs> stilt workers. It's nuts, isn't it? The report from Thompson's Weekly News summarised what happened. The what a bunch of twats. <laughs> 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 the contest was not so unequal as might have been expected. For those on stilts found it difficult to touch the ball, but the antagonists discovered how important a part the arms play in maintaining balance. And when they attempted to run, they fell in all directions. <laughs> Do you know, Twelve least... men died. <laughs> At least this one meets the brief of it being a strange match. Yeah. There's a yeah. no denying that is. I like this one. Yeah. I don't understand why this happened. Was it for charity? Was it like what was it a fiver side? Was was it, you know, just Bolton versus Warsaw and they were just bored? I think it was just some weird they've just put of the circus game as though it was a regular thing. Obviously, we had the earlier example of the gorilla suits. Oh, in fairness, that one did say a team once entered a five-a-side competition, so okay. maybe it was a five-a-side tourney of <laughs> gorillas, stiltsmen, and no arms. No, I like the idea that they just turned up. Every other team took it seriously, and they just turned up in gorilla suits. <laughs> the ultimate, all right, cunts. All right. <laughs> One of them being dragged along in the background. <laughs> It'd be good. You, you'd have the psychological edge for a while. I guess. Sorry to interject some seriousness just for a second. There is a team in the five-a-side league that I was in that are deaf. And so they don't speak to each other because they can't hear each other shouting. So it's weird. It kind of has the effect that your team don't want to shout then because it feels like you're sort of taking the mix somehow, so it's really bizarre and really silent. It's, it's, yeah, it throws you off. Were they any good? I can't remember. There's details, isn't there? I don't know. Fair enough. So, in case you were wondering, in the end, the tied arm team won. Yeah, we're really not surprised about that. I would have yeah. predicted no, no, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is the sort of thing where 
Bex, you, you must be due to have a stag do at some point soon. Yeah, so what, tie me to, uh, tie me to my own sides? No, no, I, I was just thinking... <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe get some sort of five-a-side tournament going, and uh, everyone has to turn up with a different handicap. You draw them out of a hat. That's a good idea, Daz. I believe, I believe we played Zorb football before. Yeah, that was that's that's kind of like that. It's you know hard to stand up. I don't um, think I've ever seen a goal scored in Zorb football. If people just sort of bounce into each other, it's not really about that. It's true. It's more just about taking your violence out on people that you like. <laughs> it's it was quite fortunate because when we went, I'm pretty sure most people were wearing a different colour of trainer, so you could tell who you were gonna bash into. So you didn't hmm. you know, someone that you didn't have any particular like or dislike for, just bashing into them for no reason does seem a bit harsh. Stranger, if you were. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not the sort of thing you'd want to do with strangers, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the circus game. Better than the other one. Definitely, yeah. Definitely the best we've heard for a while, isn't it? Would have liked to have heard the the stilt team manage like a bicycle kick. <laughs> that would have been good. I could just imagine one of the guys has got his arms tied behind his back falling into the stilt and like whacking his head or something like, there would have been all sorts of injuries I'm sure I thought you were going to say sort of knocked into him and they all fell down like sort of a domino thing you know sort of bumped into well, each other that would be good I would have also liked to have seen the bit where they do the classic lineups side by side at the beginning <laughs> trying to shake hands the cameraman just has to, I mean it wouldn't have been televised but if it was the cameraman's had to go all the way up and then it gets halfway and goes through. So all that's left is for Tom to fire us home. Oh, shit. Okay. I can do one if you like. I did have one. Oh, I had a dream that I was the author of Lord of the Rings. I was talking in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Till, till next time. <laughs> Podcast Network.